Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Noon straight up on Boston Sports Original WEEI. Good morning to all the affiliates out there. Providence, Springfield, Worcester. Up in uh, Keith, New Hampshire. Our uh, great listeners all the way up in the uh, great state of Maine as well. A couple of the Mainers are uh, all in on Mayo. It's like, don't talk about Bill. Mayo's going to be great. Mayo, Stop talking about silos and da-da-da and all this What's stuff. What's a silo? Oh, man. I love how it's like, where'd the silos come from? Uh, and then uh, here's a uh, here's a, uh, here's a a good one too, Christian. This yeah. is, uh, hold on, let me... Uh, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it here. The uh, Oh, here you go. It's been a month, Gresh, and you're still bitching about Bill being gone. LOL. You can't let it go. Everybody else wanted him to go. It's becoming annoying. Makes sense why you've had multiple marriages. <laughs> this guy. Multiple. Yeah, right? This guy here, right? The, uh, the whole, that's a, that's a real, why don't you tell me all about him, sir? I mean, this guy, he'd be lucky to find his way home at night, for God's sakes. <laughs> You know, whenever they uh, say the line, a complete idiot, well, no one's perfect. Well, that guy beats the, uh, that, that guy proves that wrong. Apparently, you can be perfect and be a complete idiot. 617-779-7937. Celtics win against Brooklyn. They'll wrap up the first half of the year tonight at the Garden against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I know that you picked the uh, the Nets to cover tonight. I will say this. Handicapping the NBA going into the All-Star break has been pretty difficult because some guys are playing, some guys aren't. Uh, some well, some guys, guys are playing and not trying. There is that as well. So, yeah, like right now it's a bit of a tricky spot in terms of uh, trying to sort of handicap the NBA. But can I... Can we put something into perspective here sure. just so that we don't sound like our city is just egotistical, full of people who think they're the greatest and they should have the best of everything and da-da-da, right? I heard after the game yesterday, it was brought up about Derek White and Kristaps Porzingis not making the all-star team. Christian, in the NBA, when does one team get four guys on there. <laughs> I know. Like I went through the list and it was, you know, like if you bring up the 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 uh hang on, let me see if I can bring up the uh 
The Atlanta Hawks had like six, didn't they? 2024 NBA All... When? In 1987? The 2015 team. They're like Kyle Korfer, Al Horford. All those guys made the All-Star team. All right, I'm going to look and see if it's six because you are notoriously wrong sometimes. You're, you're <laughs> half right. It was like Paul Millsap, Al Horford, Kyle Korver, a bunch... I think they had four, five or six guys. Hang on. I, wanna, I got 2024 All-Star game came up. Let me find the rosters because... I always say to people, who are you taking off, right? And I get it that we love Porzingis and we love some Derek White. He's had a great year, right? But I'm I'm looking at the 2024 Eastern Conference All-Star roster, right? Giannis, Embiid, Halliburton, Lillard, Tatum. Okay? okay. Uh, and you got Bam Adebayo, Paolo Bancaro, or Bancha. I can never pronounce his last name. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, uh, and Julius Randle. Now, Julius Randle's hurt. Embiid is hurt. So you got Scotty Barnes and Trey Young on there. Who are you bumping? Like, that's the thing. I know we look at it, and we're sort of in our own world, and I also understand the emotional management that Joe Missoula must do. Hey, my my coach had better go out and say something positive about me not making the all-star team or whatever. I don't want Porzingis. You know what I want for Christoph's Porzingis? Go to Lativia. <laughs> go rest. hang out for a week. Go rest. I don't think it's about White and Porzingis making the all-star game at all. Those are the guys that are going to get us to the championship round, we hope. And like I kind of get it. If you're the coach, you're stuck. You got to say something. But did we really think that four or five Celtics were going to make the All-Star team on principle? No. And did we did we fact check? Uh, four uh, four Hawks in 14-15. It was Jeff Teague, Al Horford, Kyle Korver, and Paul Millsap. All right, okay. There you go. So the last time it happened was 10 years ago. On a team that did nothing. I was going to say, <laughs> what they end up winning that no, year? No, I, I, they might have gone to a semifinals. I don't know if that was... Well, I don't know if that was one of the years where they – I thought the Hawks might have gone to, like, an East final at some point or whatever. But, no, it just feels like the whole, you know, way hey, we're great. Wah, we they sh- got swept by the Cavs. Oh, there you go. In the Eastern Conference final. There it was. Yeah. I, I thought that was the year they made the East finals. And then they broke up, and the Hawks haven't really been very good since. Minus that little Trey Young run. Trey Young, years yeah, ago. that one year Trey Young went. No, nuts. I just think that there, there are, uh, you know, if you're the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> okay, maybe you'll get three guys in there or something like that. Uh, three but, legit guys, though. But and and I love Derek White. He's having a hell of a year. But I don't know if I'm bumping Trey Young or any of those guys off the roster for him. I really just wanted to say. Like, I get it why you got to continue the propaganda, but hopefully we're not sitting there steaming mad, being like, by God, we didn't get four All-Stars. I don't care. Those two guys that are off the All-Star team, let them be mad and say, screw it. I'd rather hold the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the year to hell with the All-Star game. Yeah, take it out on the guy that made it over you on the team that you're playing in the playoffs. Absolutely. Take it out on that guy. Just go whip ass. Uh, The Bruins did not do that last night. However, Christian... I feel like it's really flying under the radar, unfortunately, that Brad Marchand played his 1,000th game, right? Yeah. So, uh, and Nick, I know we have what it sounded, uh, we have what it sounded like on Nesson when everybody kind of stopped down. They, they had a great video they played and everything, too, and then this is everybody sort of giving Marshy his flowers. Brad Marchand, the captain, acknowledging the crowd, 
They rise en masse. Kevin et Lynn Marchand. Mom and Dad were there as well. It was it was something. Yeah, they um they're also going to honor him on Monday on the nineteenth. I think they're during that President's Day game, that early game. It's like one or two o'clock. And Good. Yeah, it's so it is. They it should. is. Um, want to play a quick game real quick? Let me quiz you real quick because you know I love to do this because you brought this up and I was thinking about how impressive this is that he was able to hit this uh, one thousand or more game mark for the franchise and. Um, I don't know if you know that this, uh, but the, there are eight players on this uh, in the Bruins franchise that have had one thousand or more games. Um, can you name them? Ah, uh, let's see. That these should be pretty obvious. There may be one guy that you won't get. Now these are. Well, I'll say there's eight of them, and uh, not including Marshawn, right? Okay. So we got Chara. Yep. Trechy, because that just happened, yep. didn't it? Yep. Uh, Bergeron, obviously. Yep. Well, Ray Bork. Yep. Ooh, I got to go old-time hockey here. <laughs> there's two. That, Johnny there's, Busick? Yep. Yep. There's two you're missing. Uh, would one, one, is, one is very... You know this guy because he's uh, management for the Bruins now. I was going to say, it was either Bob or Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney, Sweeney. I'll give you credit. And the last guy, that, I don't be... think there's any way you're going to get. Uh, let, me, uh, <laughs> let me take a stab. I don't even know who this guy is. Oh, God. You know who so, Gary Cheevers was. Uh, no, no, no. So that means it's an older player. I don't know. Wayne Cashman. Yes. Wait, who gave that to you? No one did. Yes. Do you think you Nick, got them all. Do you think Nick knew? I thought Nick whispered maybe, in your ear because I'm or not mi- there. Or maybe it was a graphic on TV last night. No, I, you got him. Yeah, you got them all. Good job. Look at you. Again, undefeated. Again, I will, I'm also done the research on this as well. And uh, it looks like this year, right? So you have Ryan O'Reilly, Cal, uh, Kyle Ocposo, Cal Clutterbuck. Who I, Clutterbuck huh? was drafted right behind Marshand. In the third round of that 06 draft. I thought you made that name up. I didn't. No, Cal. <laughs> uh, he played for the Wild for a while. Yeah, no, Cal Cutterbuck has uh, been around forever. Victor Hedman, Matt Duchesne, Marc-Andre Fleury, Lars Eller, Alex Petrangelo. We're approaching only 400 players ever who have made it in the NHL long enough to go over 1,000 games played. And the reason that I bring up a guy like Clutterbuck and Marshan together is drafted right uh, – uh, Cal was right behind Marshan. And I I heard this number yesterday, and I, I'm mad that I didn't write it down or try to research it myself. It is like a minuscule amount of people who have been drafted outside like the first or second rounds, I do believe, in the hockey draft – who have made it to a 1,000 games. Like, the stats and the numbers really work out that if you're like a third-rounder, if you play six or 700 games, you've had a hell of a career. You get to a 1,000, especially out of that round, and I'm not saying that it's, you know, Mr. Irrelevant or anything like that, but there definitely is an extra level of achievement, and especially when you think about how Marshan came up, right? He was in the AHL, then he was on the fourth line, 
Then he worked his way up to playing. Now we can't think of Brad Marchand other than the guy being at the wing of Patrice Bergeron. When in reality, when he first came up, he was a knucklehead, pain ball in the hate. ass. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, great defender, great on the penalty kill. And if you look at his just um, when it, you know, listen, he's even, they're talking about Hall of Fame with this guy. And if you look at his numbers. Oh, he's uh, a lock. Yo, yeah, well, just this postseason. If you just go from 2010 to the 2010-11 season, um, like basically that when he was his full campaign when he was starting all the time, right? Not in and out, not playing, you know, 20 games here or there or in the NHL, AHL. Like his goals, uh, fourth, his assist, 15th. Um, um, and he, this is just the regular season. When you go to his his postseason, that's in where, the same season. That's where the guy stands out. Yeah, goals tied for second, assist fourth, points second. I mean, 128 points ranked second since 2010-11 season. So that alone will get him in. Oh, definitely. And looking at a guy like uh, Cal Clutterbuck, right? Heading into this year, he had a total of 274 points, right? So just to put into perspective, yeah, Marshy's pushing a thousand. I think it is Nick. He's in what nine thirty? Nine twelve. Nine twelve. So Marshy'll hit a thousand points too. But it just goes to show that there are different kinds of guys out of different rounds who can end up sort of really making it in the league. And what a difference between those two. And that's not to denigrate Carter Buck. Don't get me wrong. It just goes to show how unbelievable a story that Brad Marchand really is. And we're going to end up being very thankful that hopefully this guy is another one of those like Bergeron where you begin a Bruin and you finish a Bruin. There still is something romantic in the world of hockey to that that I know that a lot of Bruins fans really struggled with when Ray Bork ultimately got traded to Colorado, right? It was the, well, he's been so good for us. We got to go let him go try to win one because we're never going to here. And that's where Bergeron and Marchand and people like that kind of change this organization and force them to have to get with it, so to speak, a little bit. And they did. And Marshy's been great, and he's been a, a good captain. After the game, he was saying all the right stuff. Like the transformation from 05 Marshy to 2024 Marshy, it gets me excited on Friday at 1125 to talk to Andrew Raycroft about it because – to hear it through a guy who has seen people come into the league as wild men and then ultimately morph into a functioning professional. To me, that's Martian. Yeah, and, I mean, and also, the, I mean, the game has changed significantly. It's easier he, for smaller guys like him to be able to last in the league a, a long period of time. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that, like all sports. I mean, we were just talking the other day. You know, look at the league that Tom Brady started in and look at the league that Patrick Mahomes started in. You know, from a physicality standpoint, it felt completely different in a lot of different ways. Uh, so uh, the Bruins have Marshy, and thank God for that, even though they did take it on the chin and, uh, and lose last night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. 1221, Gresh and Fourier here with you. We're about to get real busy on the Zoom and on the old uh, Twitch as well. You can also watch us on YouTube. Type in WEEI. Get right to the live stream because Andy Hart is with us. Of course, he was uh, in on Monday while Fourier was getting his ankle all hacked up. Hart, good afternoon. Good afternoon, fellas. How are you? And you're Hello, back, Andy. Andy's back on the visor. Is yep. uh, Hart? He, uh, uh, Christian, you missed it. Hart came in no visor and got comparisons to Brock Purdy. Really? Yeah. Okay. I took that as a compliment. I, I don't really see it. Uh, who also was getting comparisons to Lee Harvey Oswald, which was weird. What? The side-by-side yep. comparison between those two guys. And then somebody asked him about it at the Super Bowl. I don't think he knew who, who Oswald was, actually. Oh, he must have. Did you see that, though? The people were I putting did. the side-by-side. It actually looked like him. Yes. And then there were the memes that, like, who are two people who couldn't do it alone or something? Like, playing <laughs> off the multiple shooter. and like. So that's how that. it worked then? Then they started ripping him for not being able to win a Super Bowl? Oh, Correct. Although... I would argue he was good enough to win the Super Bowl. That it yeah, so would I. Yeah, well, I don't think I would blame it on him. So now I've gone down the Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. road and thinking how much he looks like Hart because Hart looks like Purdy and Purdy looks like this guy. So I don't I'm think like, Hart looks like Purdy at all. No, I'm no. saying to Hart and Lee Harvey Oswald because we know that the uh, we know that the 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 ferocity is there from Andy. What, what, well, now you're accusing me of being he a can act alone. I'm he not can definitely you know. act alone. I'm he just, would be one of those would, rogue guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also, You'd never I, haven't, find him. I haven't watched it, but my buddy Rich Keith at night watched some recent documentary somewhere, and he is fully convinced that Lee Harvey Oswald did not do it, that there's oh no way my. in hell he did it. So take that for whatever it's worth on the dork cast. My, uh, my wife had one of those moments where she watched like one of those things on YouTube or something and then was like, 
9-11 didn't happen. I'm yes. like, so call your friend. I'm like, call, call your crazy friend whose husband works at NORAD. Like, get yourself right. Because I couldn't straighten her out. And, of course, well, her friend did and all that. But A great, I fully believe that a great documentarian can convince you of anything. And it's huh. an art. And they just can manipulate Ooh. visuals and Uh-oh. music and information. I drew. I do. I truly believe that. You watch those things. Like, they could convince Christian he never played in the NFL. Like, it was some figment of his imagination wow. or something. So- that is, so what, what do you crash, think about this? <laughs> so what do you think about the whole this docu series that is going to be coming? Yeah, up, uh, that's Aaron. We're actually going to have the director on tomorrow at eleven o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. So you think they're going to manipulate it? You think they're going to like sh- you know like you know uh, skirt the truth or exaggerate or hide some things? Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to hide anything. I do think that this is told from a friendly craft perspective. Um, I mean, obvi- the the books are sold and they have signings in the Patriots Pro Shop. Like, I mean, if that doesn't tell you there's a friendly <laughs> business relationship between it well, and the ownership. Do you think they had ownership. final cut? Do you think they had final say? I don't know if they had final say or not. I wouldn't necessarily accuse them of that. But sometimes even when you're doing something, you know who you're working with and you yeah. know who you're working under. And you just kind who's of... Doing you, who's giving you, doing some favors for you, yeah. making himself available, giving right. you some video, stuff like that. Okay. Like, I mean... I do shows with you guys. So if I didn't agree with you guys, I would express it, but maybe in a certain way that if it was somebody I didn't like and didn't do shows with, maybe there'd be a little bit more animosity or, Mm. you know, attacking. But I'd be like, ah, I love Christian. He said something stupid. We all say something stupid. Like, but if I didn't like you, I'd say the dude's a moron. I don't know how he's on the radio. He can't put a sentence together. That's just an example, by the way. Wow. Wow. Thank you. So basically, you would, (laughs) so basically, Hart admitted he would go to being hurtful Hart, which is why we play the Heartless. yeah, he's oh, going to find yeah. something that you're insecure about, and he's going to highlight it. That's what he's going to do. Well, that's, that's what like we all what we do. do with him and his height. Exactly. That's what men do. That's what mean <laughs> people do. That's what bullies do, and we're all bullies at, at heart, aren't we? I don't think I have any friends that I can't make fun of. I don't think I want right. to. I don't think I want to work with people like this. I'm now part of the new generation. I need you to explain to me, Andy Hart, why you're that way. Oh, okay, go to Fox Bros. Go get to your love. <laughs> Gerard, will, uh, Gerard will teach you with yeah, love. If I knock on the door three times, will someone come out and just give me a hug, and then that way I can go on my my merry way? Would that work? And and so we had the little snippets today while we're talking about the dynasty here. I'm sure you saw the the athletic Chad Graff, you know, talking about you know it was brutal. Matthew Slater said, and Tom said, I I wouldn't go back for any money. I was done. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Christian. Bill Belichick never denied it being brutal. I can remember having personal conversations with him, like, in the little side room, not even in the press conference, where he goes, yeah, this place is a tough place to play, and I'm a tough guy to play for. Like, it is not easy. It is hard here. But that's the reality. And I remember players, oh, it's always easier on game day because practice is hard. Like, you buy into the narrative, and you accept that when you arrive. Same with Saban, right? Listen, I sometimes get floored. Um, I can understand, um, you know, 10 years of it and you're just kind of get sick of it sure i was there four years i didn't think it was very challenging it was pretty simple hey we're paying you to do a job will you try will you show up on time will you give your best effort <laughs> why and now, Christian, why way, do i need to show up on time boss hey hey, hey and, and this is the weird thing about this business we're gonna pay you for it but we just add, and it's only going to be six months out of the year, and the rest of the time you can go do whatever you want. I don't, 
I mean, was he tough? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, he was no tougher than any other any other coach I had. You know, like as far as the demands that they place on him. The one thing I would say was be different. Like, like when I went to Washington, like you can get away with a lot. Guys used excuses, and there was no self policing. That's why I thought the biggest difference was any good team I've ever been on has always been self policed. It's been the right. players that were regulating the locker room, not the coaches. Yeah, I I've always thought there's a little bit myth, more myth than bite in the Patriot way about like how hard it is. And I know you've expressed that in a variety of ways. The offense, the same thing. When people yeah. come and bitch about how hard the offense is and you've always kind of downplayed it like there's a playbook. Study it. It's all the same plays. It's got a little different language, whatever. Um, but I just I found it interesting that it seems like we're kind of rekindling. And, and I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know that Bill's going to be the bad guy throughout 10 episodes of the Dynasty. I hope not. Um, I really hope that's not how this plays out, and I don't think it will. And I think there's a lot of truth to it. It's okay. The Amendola quote, the, you know, we we worked for Bill and played for Tom. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys can work for Ken Laird and succeed for each other, right? Like, you don't have to like your boss, right? He pays the paychecks. He signs you, whatever. You don't have to have this touchy-feely, oh, I'd, I'd do anything for that. I love you, man, like Julian Edelman you, says. Don't you think that there is a difference? Between, I look at the Edelmans and the Amadolas and the Gronks, that whole that group of guys, the, the second dynasty guys, mm -hmm. so differently than the first ones. The first group of guys look at Bill so differently than the second group of guys. The, the first group of guys, they almost cherish the fact that it was tough. They almost, you know, you know, don't want to let go of how challenging it was and how they banded together. That's I have a totally different experience than those guys, than those younger guys who had Bill when he was older. And I think that makes sense generationally, right? Yeah. Like a lot changes in ten or fifteen years. I feel like of professional athletes, like the generations of athletes, and we're going in a completely grass you joked about it but even another generation here of the why and the love and the why because i said so <laughs> like that's why you have to do this no, yeah i'm not going to answer any more than that and i don't you know according to mayo and he i trust him he's in the room like he he has a finger on the pulse of young athletes and 20 somethings i trust him that you have to answer why sometimes like if you want to be successful and that's fine that's a coach's job isn't it to be able to read the room, know the the landscape, and even on an individual basis. I'm sure Bill didn't treat every single player exactly the same 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I, I just can't envision that. Like, the smirk he gives to, to Randy Moss when he wants him to come to his Halloween party and put on a pirate outfit, I don't think there's some other guys that maybe would have gotten the same smirk. They might have gotten the get the F out of my office, but he's Randy Moss. Bill loves his on-field play is intellect we're both football guys and yeah well, i'll let it loose with you i just the myth and the reality of bill belichick i think is going to be interesting as we keep moving forward here and compare him to andy reed and compare him through these documentaries to whoever um i just at some point i think he's going to have to come out and i don't know if defend himself is the right word but put himself in perspective for what he accomplished no i think he'll do that with his next job and maybe. then, and I, uh, cause I, I, I do think that maybe Bill tweaks some things a little bit, but at the end of the day, Hart, as Foreign and I talked about, you know, when a, when a guy sits in front of a room on a Monday and says, if you do this, this, and this, 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 and this will happen, and then it does, 
that is a pretty strong explanation of the why. Correct. You, you know what I mean? But it, but I, I don't know what P. It feels like now it's like, uh, oh, you're going to ask your kid to shovel snow? Well, you know, you make sure you don't send a text message. You make sure you uh, handwrite it and deliver it to their room and see if they're willing to come out or whatever. And I get that there's like the softening of the culture, but at some point you would think smart football players would be like, well, God dang, what this guy says is right more often than not. Maybe I should just listen to him. And that's why it feels like the why questions came from one place, the offense in the post-Tom Brady era. I don't think the defense was still asking why, because all I saw on defense is like Jabril Peppers and these guys telling me how great a coach Bill is and we're put in position to succeed and he's, he's taken too much flack and strays and all those things. The why questions came from where? The offense? Why? Because the offense wasn't succeeding. The offense was when if you have success, you don't have to tell people to trust the process. They have eyeballs. They have experiences. They know the process is working. We're winning games. We're scoring points. We're having fun. Whatever. The why questions come when it's not working. <laughs> okay. So That's true. That's so, a good point. So off of that, because some people brought it up when Fourier and I were getting after it a little bit earlier. So maybe Gerard Mayo will have a much better understanding as to why Mac Jones asked why, which is the one thing that apparently really set Belichick off, right? Well, maybe if Mac Jones is still here, and I'd like to delve into that because I know Christian Fourier took shots at me for posting a question on Twitter today. I did? What was it? Would you trade Mac Jones for Zach Wilson? Oh, was oh. <laughs> oh, no, oh, you didn't I, even know it was me you were taking pot shots it. at. No, I, did I it. laughed hard at that one, too. I did it. But but if it's okay to ask Let's why, to but if it's okay to ask why, then wouldn't the guy taking over be like, of course, I completely understand why Mac did that. I can rationalize that. Or is this where we're going to get into hypocrisy central? Well, I think everybody understands why Mac asked why. Yeah. Because of the lack of success. Now, how you felt it or digested it, now the, the militaristic hierarchy of an organization and a power structure, who the bleep are you to ask me why? Well, I'll be fair. I, I'm, I've never been in the military, but like the Matt Patricia hiring and the Joe Judge hiring, mm. as Kendrick Bourne detailed last week out in Vegas, everybody was asking the same questions. Inside the building, outside the building, like, hey, uh, how does this make sense? How is this going to work? And... So that, I think, started the snowball that was the why questions that Mac was asking. And they would have gone away if they had scored. Remember the Jets in 2007? Patriots, who knows what the Patriots are going to be? Is Randy Moss still good? He pulled his hammy. Okay, it's like 38-3. to three. Ah, Okay, it seems like this is going to work. No more why questions. Why did we get Randy Moss? Because he's the best <laughs> damn receiver we've ever seen. Why is Matt Patricia running the offense? If they had scored 38 points and then 40 points the next week and then 45 the next week, I bet you Mac wouldn't ask too many why questions. He asked why because the offense was stinky. Okay. All right, Andy Hart. Yeah, let's get into you this. On, and I didn't know that. Old that was orange true. twinkle toes over there. Uh, yeah, they are. A lot of betadine on my toes right now. Yep. Oh, I saw uh, that the other day in the photo. Uh, <laughs> but my toes look good, by the way. Zach Wilson. No toes look good. Zach Wilson for Mac Jones. Like, yeah. explain to me why you would go from bad to worse, horrible to crappy, like mental case to super mental case. Like, <laughs> why would that even be part of your. Honestly, like, sell me on this. So, who is the more physically gifted player? Okay, well, I guess we're going to go with running ability. It's obviously uh, arm talent. Oh, he does he got? They a strong have a job. Arm? That, I don't know. 
they have they have a job where throwing the football is part of the job. He has a better arm. He's a better athlete. He can make more plays. He can do more. I don't know if you know, Christian, a lot of Patriots fans want to modernize the quarterback position oh and God. modernize <laughs> the offense. Have a He's guy a, that runs around and throws picks. Yeah. And that's yeah, modern. That's the, that that's is absolutely modern. modern. Play um, there you go. But this is You're a, insane. Why am I insane? This is a trash for trash think, trade, change of scenery. What do you think the one thing that those two guys do have in common? What do you think Mac Jones and Zach Wilson have in common? They are mental puddles of goo. Right <laughs> that's it. So, so why that, not take it. the more talented mental puddle of goo? I, I've been told Alex Van Pelt is a like QB whisperer. He works with QBs. He played QB. Give him a shot from wherever, March through August. And guess what? I'll cut him if it doesn't work. And if Mac Jones is here, I'm probably cutting him too. There's a great chance that neither of these quarterbacks, even if this trade happened, would ever make it to the regular season roster. But if you tell me, as I wrote on WEEI.com, please go check it out. Uh, and as I put a poll up on Twitter, and most fans are on Christian's side. I think 73% said no. Would you trade for Zach Wilson? But I don't hate the idea of, let's say, Jaden Daniels, Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson, Bailey Zappi going to training camp. There's your four. And you whittle it down from there and see what. And if you hit the lottery, let's just say the Jets could not have messed up Zach Wilson more. And he gets here. And for some reason, Ben McAdoo and and Alex Van Pelt just hit it off with him. And they see things eye to eye. You got a diamond in the rough. (laughs) You take the turd and you polish it up. Do you have like any sort of example of an extreme case like Mac Jones and Zach Wilson? I would say that's the extreme case. And there's others. There's the Russell. There's the you know. There's there's the other draft bust that that exists in the NFL. Um, do you have an example of somebody like that being as low as they are somehow re- reclaiming their 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 career? It's a less uh, timely um, transition. But I think Baker Mayfield, what he did this past year after being a vagabond Caroline. Remember the Rams? The Rams signed him on like a Tuesday and were like, hey, by the way, we play Thursday night. We need you to play. Just do your best. Like he and was he a he but he was just a street. He was available. That's yeah. my point. Like in a league where they don't have enough quarterbacks, he was just on the street and they did that. And now people are talking about him getting a three year, hundred and thirty million dollar contract oh, or something. Sweet so, Jesus. Okay, settle down. I'm just wow. saying. Um, so there's an example of a former high draft pick that now the difference Baker had some success in Cleveland too, whereas Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson is the candidate in my eyes for my argument that you should have to redshirt all rookie quarterbacks that they shouldn't be allowed to play their first year because I think if Zach Wilson had been forced to sit and learn behind a capable quarterback and a capable coach. Maybe he would have had a shot, but he was thrown to the wolves and he fell apart. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't – do I think it's likely? But I also don't think it's likely Mac ever plays for the Patriots again. I don't think you're going to get much for him. I think the best you could get for Mac is the number two pick in the draft, a guy who once upon a time was worth the number two pick in the draft, and it's your job as a coach to see if deep down somewhere in there there's a competitor, there's a talent, there's, a, there's an upside potential guy. You don't have to poo-poo it without even reading it. It's hurtful. Okay. Oh, Listen. I talked about it with you on Monday. I don't need to read it. No, I know. Yeah, you, no, we, we kind of workshopped a... it before yeah, I did yeah, it today. I told yeah, you, I told you directly that this was a silly idea. Oh, everybody oh, has. Tremendous Brian, content. You know, you know who also did? Know-it-all Brian Morey chimed in on Twitter. And what? Like, oh, this is st-. And I was like, I said something. He goes, yeah, I didn't read it or watch it. And I was like, well, that, if you didn't read you it know. or watch That's it, then the how do you know the argument? Comment. 
Yeah. Like, didn't Twitter used to have that thing before you could, like, respond? It said, like, you didn't read this article. Do you sure you want to respond or something? Like, where'd so that go? Know. Well, people ignore, it. people ignore it for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, another article today, or there was a uh, podcast with uh, an NFL.comer, Lance Zierlein, talking about, well, <laughs> Elliot Wolf will be a breath of fresh air, but brings up again trading down from number three. There's th- Is this just a popular narrative in your mind, Hart, or is there real smoke to the fire of trading down? Um, I think there's some smoke. Um, it's all going to hinge on what you think of the quarterback that's left, or quarterbacks, I won't presume. Maybe Marvin Harrison goes one or two, and maybe there's two quarterbacks on the board. It's all going to hinge on what you think of those quarterbacks. I, for, I think trading down is a loser's lament, is out of fear. It's people that are afraid to draft a quarterback, afraid to assess the position, afraid to develop the position. Um, I took a little time in the snow yesterday, as I told Rich Keefe last night, to do a little bit deeper dive on the top three quarterbacks. I am quite comfortable taking any of the three at number three. I have preferences. I have stacking order, but I think there's a big drop-off after those three guys. Um, I don't love the idea of all the, oh, you can just take Bo Nix later. I think Bo Nix stinks. I think You're Bo not going to buy into the J.J. McCarthy hype train that has somehow been established? He He's actually sliding, I think, into my four slot, but okay. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's just a four slot holder. I'm not a Penix guy. I'm not a Bo Nix guy. I think there's three quarterbacks that, could be franchise quarterbacks. I'm not guaranteeing anything because it's a virtual certainty that all three will not be franchise quarterbacks. But this idea that's trading down, I've never really understood it. It's one of the great fights I've had with with your former producer guy, fella, Chris Scheim, in that he said the Bengals shouldn't take Joe Burrow when they had the number one pick because they had too many holes to fill. A quarterback wasn't going to fix everything. Well, guess what? A quarterback fixes almost everything. Well, if they're good, if they're a franchise guy, they fix. They cover. We lived it for twenty years. What was Tom Brady was the human band aid or WD forty or duct tape? He pulled it all together and lubed it all up, and you won in the end. So that's the reality. It's you don't have to like it, Gresh. Heck, you don't have to like it, Christian. As former players, linemen, tight ends, whatever, you're not as valuable as the quarterback. You're not wow. as important as the quarterback. Mm. The quarterback is the most valuable entity. Head. And body, head and body, I'm not just saying body, mm. not just physical tools, head and body, most important entity in all of sports. All right, you said that at the end of the segment, so we'll have to let it go. But <laughs> let me, yeah, good slide in there, but let me mention this. Maybe, just maybe, the thought is about the 2025 quarterbacks. Who are and, they? And that, well, I could run down a, I could run down the list. There's Pratt from uh, Tulane. There's the kid from Texas A&M. The people love Shadir Sanders. I'm not in on him. Whoa. There's a big batch of quarterbacks. I don't think that group can hold this group's jock because you have Caleb Williams and Drake. You don't even Drake. know who they are. That's the point. Caleb Williams for three years has been perceived as the number one pick in the draft. Drake May for two years has been mm-hmm. perceived as a top half of the first round quarterback. I like. And people when, are now like, eh, I don't know about those guys. You know why? Because the longer you look, you find Pitts to, no, is it Nicks to Pitts? Yeah. Or uh, that. Pick, uh, you uh, find Nick Pitts, Nits, Nits to, to Pick. pick. Go with your well, when a guy, feeling. well, when a guy yes. comes out and says, yeah, I should get part ownership of the franchise, that's on Did him. Did he actually say that? I think it's open season. I think there's a I lot of people taking dad. liberties with Caleb Williams and his group and what he wants and what's he... You know what? Also, though, so how many Super Bowls do John Elway and Eli Manning have? Uh, Four total. 
Yeah, that's pretty good, right? One's in the sure. Hall of Fame, one probably will be. Boy, oh, it went were, to five. Both were dinks that when they came into the league that refused to play for a certain franchise and thought they were bigger than the tr- process, and I don't just have to go where they send me. I'm going to go where my family name or my power can put me. So guess what? Sometimes dinks can be great franchise foundational pieces. Yeah, well, if they do it off mm. of uh, one good year. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Yeah. Uh, I'm just Draft saying. Draft the tackle. Gresh wants a lineman. I'm just saying. Guard. Don't, don't be surprised if this team looks to put together a team and then maybe address quarterback next year because Sweet. they know it would be back-to-back years in the top five taking quarterbacks potentially. But then again, what's uh, another thing for us to unpack with our buddy Andy Hart who, of course, joins us each and every Wednesday and read his work at weei.com or just follow Christian's Twitter, who will counteract <laughs> everything Hart says. And Hart, read it before you rip There you go. Hart, thank you, buddy. See ya. That was good See stuff you, there with our pal Andy Hart. Coming up, what is Shakira, Julian Edelman, Dana White, and private Christian college girls have in common? Find out in Big Deal, No Big Deal next. <laughs> Watch Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. All right, big deal, no big deal. You heard the tease. Uh, pretty interesting. I'm curious as people are wondering, what do Shakira, Julian Edelman, Dana White, and private Christian college girls have in common? It's an odd mix. But let's start with uh, Dana White, shall we? Um, this is this is interesting sound because Dana White was on the Howie Mandel podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, Nick. I, I hope you left the ending because it gets real awkward and weird. Let me let me let you listen to the sound grass and let you listen to how it starts, and then I'll ask you big deal, no big deal. Right. Here it is. Dana White, you are an amazing guy. You are. I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, you and Ginger seem to be getting along. Um, you are not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration. You are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. And But Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you. For all the kind words, I appreciate it. I, I am so tired of doing podcasts. It's I, I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. <laughs> and he got up and walked out. Yeah. So what you're what you're not seeing is uh, Howie Mandel just speechless as Dana yeah. White takes off his headphones and leaves the room, thus ending the interview. Big deal or no big deal, Gresh? Oh, I would say. It's no big deal because I think it's a work. Okay. I think uh, I think those guys kind of knew that, uh, wow, what a way to kind of pop the podcast. And I do think Dana White is a little sick of them. And I go all the way back to a week ago when Vegas was swarmed on Radio Row. I don't know if you heard this, but this was Dana White with Pat McAfee one week before this happened. I really haven't been doing any media. I do podcasts, man. I'll do podcasts. I'll come hang with you. Lots of people want to talk to you. 
because you're not the media. Um, you know, you're not coming on podcasts and people that you want to have open discussions with. There's not any gotcha moments. There's no agendas. You know, there, there, there's no uh, clickbait and and, uh, and all the all the bullshit that goes on with the media. Huh. Okay, so that so, was a week before. It was a week ago. It was like February 7th. So he likes going on the podcast. Then he goes on. I don't see Howie Mandel being like a gotcha guy. Oh, so, no. I mean, oh, no. This is this is total Dana White being Dana White. And I would not I would not put it past him and Howie Mandel to have had a little wink and a nod. You know what yeah. I didn't look? You know what I didn't look for to see if Howie Mandel is represented by the Endeavor Group, who now owns WWE and UFC. Well, now you got to look deeper into it. Well, I say no big deal because the way the interview started, like, oh, you're this, you're awesome, I'm jealous, oh, I can't believe it, and he goes right into, I'm not doing any more podcasts. So I think it's no big deal because I think it's a fake. I, I, I'm literally done with him. I'm not doing any more podcasts. There you go. Headphones and leaves. How about this? I wonder if you think this is a fake. Okay. Uh, a report from uh, a British tabloid, The Sun, has romantically linked Julian Edelman to Colombian pop star Shakira, uh, often referred to as the queen of Latin music. The report from The Sun's Jessica Baker credits the celebration of the singer's 47th birthday 47. as the source of the potential relationship. Big deal, no big deal. Julian <laughs> Edelman dating Shakira. I am going no big deal because I don't buy it. Really? I, I get it that Edelman wants to be like Tom Brady in every way, except it's value brand stuff. I'm not going to get Giselle, but I might find a model from another country. And now we're just, now again, this is the prototypical, hey, whatever Brady does, I'm going to try to go do it too. You remember the JE11 burgers? Those really took off, just like right after TB12 was created. So I'm assuming that Tom Brady must be dating some pop star that we don't know about for Edelman to be doing this as well. I don't even act say like he's he not went, Pete and repeat he, with Brady. He went so he went so far as to have a kid out of wedlock with a model also. There you go. Right? <laughs> Which like is a, funny. Like, but I say it is a big deal because... His, he's got a pretty good dance card when you think about when you think about the women that he dated for a five foot ten, a hundred and seventy pound hairball. I mean, it's pretty amazing it's the ones that he can bring in. <laughs> hairball. I mean, isn't he just a hairy? It's just a hairy individual, like all over the place. His face, uh, everything. Yeah. Like the dude does not has never met a razor, right? Doesn't yeah, know what those even this, are. This just feels like the latest I'm following Tom moment for Julian. No, though there there is an obvious. He's obviously you know tries to everything that Brady does. He tries to do also, but at a lesser level. He's, like had a kid out of wedlock, but she wasn't nearly as possible. Well, Edelman's maybe she's just maybe he's giving uh, Shakira some advice on making sure she pays her taxes. See, I, I just <laughs> that's like messy. true too. Yeah, uh, can you believe Shakira's forty seven years old? Uh, oh, very much so. Jeez. Well, let me shoehorn this last one in here because I thought this was interesting. I don't know if you've um, ever wondered what it's like to be a student at a private Christian college. Now, I know you know Liberty University. They actually have a pretty good football team. 
Um, My mom went to one of these brainwashing deals out in Illinois when Jesus Retha sent her out there for a year. That's how my mom got knocked up with me, and now my parents have been miserable for so, 50 so years at the end of April. So your parents didn't follow any of the rules that this school has. I want you to listen to these two, these, uh, these two girls from Liberty University as they describe what the rules and regulations are. Then I'll find out if you think it's a big deal or not. Rules at our university that would send a normal person into a spiral. We have a bedtime. Just kidding. It's a curfew, and mm-hmm. on the weekdays, it's 12 a.m. On the weekends, we get... 30 extra minutes. 12.30. And Wednesdays, it's 10 p.m. <laughs> you can't have people of the opposite gender in your dorms at all. Another rule that we have to follow is that you have to sign out, a.k.a. fill out a little permission slip to get permission to stay off campus. And you have to stay with a married couple. So y'all don't sneaky link on the low. Mm, I uh, wonder, okay, if, wonder so, if it's the Falwells that those young co-eds have to stay with. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to tell you, big deal, no big deal. Because that's isn't that Jerry Falwell's like university that he created? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Y'all, I think it was old man Falwell. But Jerry, yeah, it was the old guy. Jerry Jr. was the one leering in the corner, apparently, trying to sneak up on somebody while they're uh, <laughs> with his wife. How about how about the fact that uh, you have to check out, and when you do check out, if you decide to leave, you have to make sure you you live with a married couple. So y'all don't sneaky link on the low. Sneaky link on the low. Oh yeah, this is yeah. worse than this sounds worse than BYU. So like if you're uh, so if you're a girl and your boyfriend's family lives in the area, then you could technically be going there, but then you would be sneaky link down on the low. Really just with the son, not hanging out with mom and dad watching, you know, uh, uh, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, but something. at least they don't have them sign an honor code because at BYU, you you literally have to sign the whole honor code. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to uh, carry on. Yeah, I'm not going to have sex out of wedlock. I stayed in one of those. They had one of those dorms at URI. It was like Weldon Hall. Oh, it's the wellness dorm. No, Wait, it wasn't. What? Yeah, they did like the wellness dorm in 92 where it was like, oh, yeah, things will be different here. No, it wasn't. In fact, for the football players, that was the dorm where we all had the big gambling scandal that people got tied up in. These just slide the things under the door. You knew to go upstairs and give the money to a certain guy you know the, and get your you, bets in. You know the one thing that universities do, like especially the blue blood, hardcore college football towns? They got rid of the uh, athlete-only dorms. It used to be at the dorm, like schools yeah. where the dorms were just athletes or just football players. So you'd have, you know, three floors, four floors of nothing but football players running around like crazy, destroying everything and doing God knows what. You said you had a whole gambling ring in your dorm. Well, there was there was a uh, there was a story at one point in time in 1992 before things changed. You know, it's a different time now. Yeah, well, where, it's collaborative uh, effect now. Yeah, it was, it was just the parlay cards. You put them under the door. You knew where to go. You knew who to pay. All that kind of stuff. So what if some of the kids are on the team? Huh. All right. Well, listen. That's well, big yeah, deal, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, there welcome. you go. Uh, big deal, no big deal there from our guy Christian Foyer. And as multiple people said in the Twitch chat, Liberty Bibbity. Liberty <laughs> Maybe what do they do to the emus down there? We don't know. That should be their mascot. I want to like go the cross symbol. Fourier, I want to go back to something I said yesterday about the change in Foxborough. The change. That's next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long Follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.